Welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. It is the podcast where we watch the movies that you recommend. We don't know what we're going to see until we sit down to watch it. I'm your host, John. Over there is your other host, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hi there. Look, folks, you got to recommend that we watch movies, not just whatever, because this was, this was two hours of just whatever. <laughs> this is very clearly a genre of movie that I have seen before. Oh, me too. I've seen some of this. They had it on Netflix, some stuff like this on Netflix netflix for a while and i would turn it on and be like oh yeah this is amusing it's like what if a youtube joke went on for two hours <laughs> yeah so there is a uh, this movie is a japanese film that is basically feels like a 70s exploitation film from america sure if it had a budget but the budget was eight dollars and you were allowed to hire that south korean animation company that makes those news clips yeah that's basically what a 70s exploitation film would be yeah it's, what is it oh we went down to the butcher spent ten dollars on blood and and a few like weird bits of like kidney or tongue and then made a movie i would pay extra to have seen that instead <laughs> i mean i would pay to watch like blair witch project where the special effect was that they had a bag of like peeled grapes mm, delicious peeled grapes they were supposed to be like teeth or something but <laughs> no and then it was eyeballs and was then eyeballs. they also had, had a bowl of spaghetti you had to touch the wit the blair witch's brain <laughs> Some uh, cute boogers coming out her nose. I'm so scared of that spaghetti. I mean, brains. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, like I said, I've seen movies like this before where your basic premise is uh, some Japanese girl gets some sort of weapon, something happens, she goes on a kill spree, lots of fountains of blood, and, you know, good time had by all. Mm, except anyone watching it, yes. Yes. Uh, oh, this the movie, by the way, is called... Uh, Hell Driver. Hell Driver. Which I gotta say, I thought was going to have more to do with cars, <laughs> given the name Hell Driver. It does have one ten-minute-long, boring-ass car sequence, but it, it does seem like the movie was named after the unrelated ten-second snippet at the beginning of it. Oh, yeah, there's... Because all of these as well... Well, I don't know why this is a thing, but all of these movies have an opening bit that is like, oh, this is sort of related to the movie. You're going to have your protagonist doing what they do, and it'll be adjacent to what's going on, but will never actually happen in the movie, and... Also, it seems like they're way more badass in the opening credit scene than they actually are in the movie. I think they're literally the pitch film. Yeah, it's like, like this is our pilot episode for a movie, and yeah. here you go. They're like, here, check out what we can do. We made this, and it's rad as hell. Let us make a whole movie. And then some idiot's like, yeah, do it. And they're like, ha-ha, now to make a boring thing. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we only had the idea for that in about five more minutes, so we're going to stretch that out. <laughs> stretch it out like so much taffy. <laughs> this is like... Except a no one is laughing about this this is basically like a big zombie caramello it has been <laughs> stretched out this is angry taffy so a uh, quick overview before we get into the spoilers this is a japanese horror zombie film with schoolgirl chainsaw katana it like you know what this is basically they took all of the key terms that you would find to be like how can i get a nerd to watch this took them all threw them into a bucket and then shit in that bucket i mean her, her she's not a schoolgirl she works at a melon stand but well, i mean her her dad might work at the melon stand we have no idea what's going on with that melon stand <laughs> it shows up in like one scene in the background i'm just saying i don't think she's a schoolgirl. we never see her in a schoolgirl outfit yeah in the very first scene when Do she we? goes home and yeah. then you know okay sure so she's a schoolgirl. she has a chain sword katana you know you know the drill you've seen you've probably watched these on netflix too because they have hilarious names oh yeah you've you seen the they're... one where it's like i'm a schoolgirl with a machine gun arm and i have to take out the yacht 
Yakuza. Yeah, exactly. They make these all the time. Yeah. So that's your basic premise. It is just, we took everything that could possibly be like, hey, what a what a dumb idiot nerd's like. Yeah. All right, great. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and again, th- just to make sure that we ever, everyone's up to speed on what we're doing here, this is live action, yes. sort of. I mean, there's there's humans in it, <laughs> I guess. But uh, this is we're not describing an anime here. No. All right. And uh, we will be back after the music to really dive deep into this absolute garbage pool of nonsense. So uh, we'll be back with some more on Hell Driver. In the thunder and heat. Hell Driver. You'll get caught up in the Hell Driver. Ooh, I like that one. That sounds like a commercial for like a kid's toy. Is that what that is? Hell Driver. Fuck, it's Crossfire, isn't it? Yeah, you got it. You oh. finally figured it out. Oh my god, that was killing me. <laughs> I, I was, I, I knew it was from some commercial, and I was like running through my head. I was like, is it Skip It? No, it's not Skip Pogo Ball? No, hang on, hang on. G.I. Joe. It might be for the, the hang glider one. No? <laughs> the no. hang glider one? Oh, dude, that was the coolest G.I. Joe toy there ever was. And I had the fucking Rolling Thunder. Uh. Rolling Thunder was a yard-long car that like came apart in sections. <laughs> that yard car? And it came. It had like a thousand G.I. Joe sp- spots to put them and cannons and shit all over it, but but it did. It was nuts compared to the fucking hang glider because it was a working hang glider you could strap a GI Joe to. It was a working hang glider that you could strap yourself to and jump off a cliff. With. Well, you can strap anything to yourself and jump off a cliff if you try hard and believe in yourself. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't fly, but you could do it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's nothing stopping you. <laughs> so, but uh, but no, the hang glider was like a you know a working big old glider that you'd strap a strap a GI Joe to. The best toy. Oh, even even more so than say like Cobra Mountain where you could open up the mountain and there were all sorts of rooms and shit. I mean. I was a fan of Cobra Mountain. I didn't actually own one, but I did have the Transformer equivalent, which was a base that turned into a T-Rex. Ooh. That shit was hot fucking crap. <laughs> so I'm trying to make it sound good, but I ran out of ways to say it. That shit was hot fucking. That, that was hot fucking. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the new this thing was good. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, this is hot fucking. <laughs> this, this gumbo you made is hot fucking. <laughs> All right, Uh, the movie, though. Yeah, this movie. So, as we mentioned, it starts out with a, like, 10-minute-long pitch sequence. But even that, like, which is supposed to be more action-oriented, more, like, explosive to get you into the idea of this film. And they usually do these in front of films. Mm -hmm. But it... It's got some kind of, like, rockabilly punk music playing, but not quite either. It's kind of like that, you know that plastic Bertrand song, John? I don't. You know, Sa plan pour moi, that, that, that. I do not. You don't, it's the French punk song they play in a bunch of movies, but from, like, the 60s. But uh, to me, that's what it kind of reminded me of. It was like, what if Andy Warhol wrote punk music? Yeah, but I mean, it's. It's just the a real good precursor for what's going to happen because it's like what happens? A dude just drives up to a wall and he climbs that wall and oh, he it. sits on that wall and he takes him like his helmet off and gloves off and he gets a thing and you're just like watching this process happen. And you're like, I don't care. Is he wearing a full three piece suit made out of a plastic tablecloth? Yes, he is. Good, great space helmet. Of course, why not? Like eventually he gets to the point where he's like, okay, and you've been watching me do this for a few minutes and I got this little burlap sack and there's like a hand in there 
and I throw it out, and I throw a head out, and then finally some zombies show up. Some face paint style zombies, because this movie really relies on everyone looking like a juggalo that just woke up. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely my last night's gathering makeup has crusted over, uh-huh. and uh, I have woken up and now I look like like one of these zombies. Yeah, that's that's all these zombies. The, the other thing is that each one of them has an orange handlebar sticking out of the center of their forehead. Yeah, they look kind of like those those little beetle things that come out. Yeah, know. yeah. No, they, well, at first I thought that, like the uh, like that fungus that the cordyceps fungus that takes over like spiders and ants and stuff and like makes them walk up to a high blade of grass and then kills them and then it grows up out the top. Yeah, that's rad shit and cool and scary. But these every single one of them is just a little orange plastic handlebar that's identical. Yeah, probably because they only made like ten of them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and it was way easier to be like, look, we've got a mold for this. Yeah, and we're just gonna put some fucking silly putty in here, spray paint it orange, and stick it to your head. So that's what every zombie in this universe looks like. They've got an orange plastic uh, handlebar sticking right up out the center of their forehead, uh, like a little razor scooter handlebar. Yeah. And then also they have a ton of cracky face paint all over them, just like you would if you had some sort of disease or infection and you just woke up from the gathering of the Juggalos. Indeed. Yeah. If you had decided you wanted to put a whole crap ton of that white face paint on, you mm-hmm. would look like this. You wake up the next morning and rub your eyes and paint flakes off on your hands and you roll over and there's Death Steve and damn it, you fucked Death Steve again. <laughs> Are you are you saying Death Steve or Death Steve? Both. It's both. It's Death and Death Steve. He's it's one guy. Yeah. Death it's, Steve it, is Death. He calls himself Death Steve, and no one has the heart to tell him that he keeps pronouncing the TH not like an F because he's Death Steve. Okay. That's what it is. There you go. And you fucked him again, even though he is a tool. He is the worst. Yeah. Fucking Death Steve. <laughs> so and I can talk about him in front of him. He don't know. He doesn't know. It's quite rude though. Don't do that. Don't do it. It's mean to do that to deaf people. Don't do that. Not even to Death Steve, who is again a tool. Just a real piece of shit. I mean, he goes to Juggalo gatherings and takes advantage of you when you've had far too much meth. Yeah, way too much meth. There's a point of meth where you're like, I'm comfortably methed. Anyway, I think that pretty much sums up what the zombies look like. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he ends up getting like pulled down into them because he's an idiot. But well, we got to tell him what people what he's fucking doing, which is insane. He is throwing a hook, and when he hooks it onto a zombie's neck, he just like pulls it back, and it takes the whole zombie head with it. Yes, and which then is he, weird. And then he knifes off the little handlebar and throws it in a bag. Yeah, yeah. First you get the thing, throw it in a bag, bump, bump, over and over again, and then eventually he accidentally, instead of getting it stuck on some zombie's neck gets it stuck on the tiny chain around some zombie's neck like a little necklace i love that we've spent like countless times just watching him throw this hook hit a zombie neck and like barely pulls it back and a head goes flying off yeah then he gets it caught on a necklace and he's like oh no it won't come back i'm like you'd you'd think the necklace would just pull the head with it but no yeah and uh, just so you know every time they do this we get about i want to say two maybe three minutes of an off-screen sprinkler with red water in it yeah and Anytime anything happens as far as like, oh, I got decapitated or an arm comes off or anything happens with that, you're going to get a full minute of someone just getting sprayed in the face with blood. Yeah. Yeah. Just just every single time. And most of the time, it's just an off-screen child's party sprinkler just going nuts with some red goop. Yep. It's just, it sucks. And uh, he falls in because that's stupid. And then in comes our main heroine and she's driving a big old truck and like smashes into this zombie tower. It's amazing because we see the truck at first as a flipping oblong in the air in the distance. 
because it arrives by air and it's doing oh, a yeah. sweet like mega flippy tricky flip. Yeah, and the the way that the zombies have gathered, they're all just like in a tower, a fucking obelisk of zombies. Yeah, for it's some like reason. a big old Jenga slash kerplunk of zombies. And she slams into it and then starts killing everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I originally thought oh, that this was going to be like, oh, Hell Driver. She's going to have like a rad car and run around and kill things in her rad car. Cool. No, that's the last time we will see her drive. Yeah. Uh, so what she does instead is chop up a bunch of zombies and then sort of like pass out. And that's the end of the opening sequence. Yeah, that's, that's it. And then we get into the actual Hell Driver movie, which could not be more boring. It is interminable for the crazy shit that we are about to describe oh yeah the thing is if all i did was give you what they had done there which is oh we've got a few ideas that sound rad Mm -hmm. you'd go oh this movie's gonna be great but it's not it's it's really not it is extraordinarily boring so uh, our hero is is now back to her early state when she is just a young girl and probably a cool school girl and definitely works at a melon stand (laughs) and and foreshadowing everyone the melons all have that handlebar for their stems Uh, however However, not foreshadowing, the melon has nothing to do with zombies. Nothing whatsoever. It's real sad that they were like, oh yeah, we've got, you know, this establishing sequence where all of these uh, zombies have that weird handlebar thing coming out, and then we show her next to these melons, and the melons have that, like, handlebar growth coming out of them, Mm -hmm. and then it has nothing to do with that at all. Yeah, I was fully expecting it to be like, that's sort of a cool thing, right? Like a fun scene transition, like look at these gross zombie heads, and then also, look at these melons, they have the same thing. At least it's kind of a neat idea, but it's just nothing. Like, I was at least hoping that the girl would be an expert at chopping up melons. Oh, you'd get like a scene where she's like, oh yeah, I'm going to slice these melons up and I'm real good with a blade. Yeah, watch me use a katana to chop these melons into servable chunks for these school children. We can't afford school children. I'm sorry, we can't afford a katana either. Yeah, you, you can't do any of that. So you just need to leave the melon stand. And so then we walk, we follow her to her apartment where her mom and uh, and her uncle have returned from wherever they were. They, they, they've come back and there's no setup or anything here. They are just chopping up and eating her dad. Yeah. It, God damn, this movie just doesn't provide you with anything because they're like, oh no, you have returned. Oh, father, no. And you're like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, you just, you, your mom and your uncle have cut up his legs and are just like eating little bits of it. And he's basically just kind of going, uh, don't. No. Hey, but guys, come hey, on. Hey, stop no. it. Please, please, please stop. Hey, Kika, get out of here. So, That's so- our main character yeah, is kika kika so kika again because it's a zombie movie this is the reason i don't watch zombie movies is there's too many people freezing for five minutes at a fucking time like literally like lizards or sharks that have been flipped over every time they see anything scary instead of going like oh shit i'm getting out of here they're always like what i'm sorry hang on yeah, this movie's overuse of both slow-mo and like reaction shots that go back and forth far beyond what you would need them to be yeah i mean no move no zombie movie is exempt from this shit every single one of them is defined by characters standing there till they get at nah it's not true you don't know what you're talking about the vast majority you have no clue what you are saying i've seen a significant amount of zombie movies it's not like i've seen two you've seen three i've seen three zombie (laughs) movies sir and i'm counting this one (laughs) 
like it's a subversion of the trope when the characters are active and rea- and reacting to zombies in some way. Like High School of the Dead is like, oh, this is kind of cool and interesting because these characters are fucking doing shit around zombies. <laughs> ah! Instead of like, oh, please, Dad, don't turn. Please, please don't turn, Dad. I can't shoot him. He's my dad. The scene from every zombie movie ever made. Yeah, see, now I'll give you that. The inability to kill someone when they are obviously going to turn is a trope. Yeah, John, when you're about to Standing turn... Standing there looking at zombies going, buh, is not. Uh, you say so. But if you're about to turn into a zombie, John, I'm going to pop your head clean off immediately. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't even definitely. care if you can still talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I would have done it myself. Yeah. Like, that's the worst part, is whenever you get someone who's like, I've been bit, and I'm I'm just going to put my sleeve down and make sure nobody sees the bite. I'm like, you're the worst human being ever. I know. And given that you already kind of want to kill yourself, this is perfect for you. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, dude, I got bit. Bye. Hey. Guys, I've got an excuse. Guys, I'm out. Bye. (laughs) You want to give me, like, a bomb or something? I can do that. (laughs) Let's do whatever. That's nice and passive. (laughs) Hey, poison my, my microwave pizza <laughs> it's already a microwave pizza it's pretty much poison as is <laughs> all right so anyway her evil aunt and uncle are eating her dad and laughing and laughing and laughing and also they are laughing and laughing and we get a scene where she like tries to back up and can't and hits like a gas can over and they light the whole fucking thing on fire and, and- in another scene that i guess is supposed to be set up for a payoff that never happens she gets her hands on a piece of metal uh like a like a post for us for building a clock or something except it's very obviously just an, an extruded uh, swastika prism yeah it's just swastika shaped rebar and then it gets hot in the fire and she brands her evil uncle in the head with it but who cares because he's already wearing nazi armbands and a nazi jacket yeah he's got a big old jacket with a swastika on the back and you're like okay so what it's, what it's, was the point of this branding exactly i guess to set him up as like a future zombie supervillain. he's like i'm nazi zombie the zombie nazi well the i mean the one thing i was thinking was okay that gives him an identifiable characteristic if like everyone turns into zombies and you're like oh just from looking at people's heads i can tell that's my uncle because he's got that weird swastika burn you're like okay that would be an interesting way to do it but he is full-on still in his swastika gear and very weird hair choices he's throughout extra- this film he's extraordinarily recognizable and it's not like they don't ever not focus on his face for minutes at a time so it, it's not like you're gonna have a hard time identifying him he's the guy in the close-up and then in the next close up and then in in a surprising move in a third (laughs) close-up uh so you know after about you know 10 minutes of dicking around and yeah just laughing at each other and he keeps calling her kika chan which the movie helpfully translates into all sorts of things oh yeah kika pumpkin kika Kika poo kika poo kika baby it's i'm amazed at the translator's ability to take that single phrase and turn it into about 300 different things yeah i was like good for you good job guy so uh (laughs) and then the his her mom is just unabashedly insane and evil so they they chase her outside where her mom picks her up and starts kind of wailing on her yeah and the whole thing is like oh you thought you could get away from us oh you silly people i'm like you haven't established anything no, i don't understand things. what's going on and then all of a sudden a fucking meteor comes out of the sky and basically hollow cores out the mom's chest yeah just sort of pops a hole in her and she lives through this yes and then it sticks her hand into her daughter's chest and straight Kali Ma's out her heart. Yeah. 
and, and sticks it into her own chest where it basically gets grown in there. Like tendrils <laughs> of her own inner goop, like shoot out and absorb the heart. Now this is before she's turned into a zombie. So this is just sort of a power her mom has. Yeah, this is just her mom's superpower. Just like how her uncle's superpower is implied molestation. Yeah, that's and, that's a good superpower. Yeah, to have. and also national socialism. <laughs> well, say what you will, at least it's an ethos. <laughs> So anyway, that that all happens. This girl gets her heart torn out and uh, her mom steals the heart. And, you know, then a good 10 minutes of her saying, give it back, give back my heart while beating on her mom. And a sprinkler of blood is nearby. Oh, yeah. Just so much blood everywhere. Like I said, anytime we say anything has happened, like someone got their foot cut off or their head cut off. Just imagine the movie stops everything that it is doing for a good minute while blood just spurts. Yeah. And a bunch of characters in the background kind of go or i love blood blood is the best yeah for minutes at a time Uh, like this movie would be eight minutes long and then we we finally get where the zombies come from and it's fucking starro yeah it's starro it's a little it's it's starro before he gets all bigified yeah it's a little starro clamps onto the back of evil mom's head and starts encasing her in like yellow amber amber. uh john just just for a second so we just to be clear here there may be a lot of our listeners who do not know obscure dc space (laughs) villains how could you not know starro so (laughs) let's uh let's clear that up real quick i mean i'm just saying okay so starro if it was psycho pirate i can say we could could pass right by this without further explanation and that'd be fine or you know like warlock i don't i don't feel like anyone needs to know who that is oh no or or adam strange of course without comment that's fine atrocitus get out of town everyone knows he's in a fucking video game of course he's big but starro i think we might need to stop and and so starro is a giant starfish from space Mm -hmm. in the middle of its body it has a giant eyeball Mm -hmm. uh it shits out tiny little starfish Mm -hmm. that if it clamps onto your face will mind control you yeah and it works on everybody like you can get a superman with starro oh you can especially get a superman with that yeah he's he's real susceptible to starfish yeah that's one of his weaknesses so we don't really know how he shits out little starfish he just sort of waves of them come come away from him and then he mind controls everybody and that's his big thing yeah and you know also he is really huge yeah so even if everyone's like oh we stopped being mind controlled and now it's time to fight you he's still basically like a star a starfish kaiju yeah it's kind of like fighting a city that's starfish shaped and is floating around and can fire beams yeah uh and is constantly raining down mind control starfish he is definitely like a justice league villain because yeah because you gotta have a group yeah you need a lot of people to take him out in this movie plus you need a lot of people to get mind controlled so it has to be justice League. exactly it's it's the perfect foe for justice league because it sets up fights between the characters that you've come to read all about who could defeat hawkeye well well, i guess green arrow who could defeat him (laughs) Uh, well what if he's mind controlled could black canary defeat him of course obviously duh (laughs) duh fuck that guy So, uh, so anyway, that's Starro, and that's who's in this movie, except, you know, it's not Starro. Yeah, but the starfish attaches to the back of the head, and then... She just kind of looks like an off-brand Rita Repulsa. <sighs> she grows the, like, the little handlebar thing out of her forehead, and it, it really felt to me like that was starfish dick coming out of the back of her head. Because <laughs> it, like, clamps onto the back of her, and then, like, that juts out her forehead, and I went, that feels really starfish dick to me. <laughs> I mean, you are an expert in the dicks of echinoderms. <laughs> I am. I, I think we'll, we'll have to to let everyone know that that's a true thing oh yeah i mean you will constantly question me on my knowledge of horror movies Mm -hmm. but starfish dick it it is no question no no, unquestioned sir (laughs) 
<laughs> Plus, this is just standard practice for when starfishes are in movies. The first thing they do is whip their dicks out. <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. That starfish dick pic is known. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, she gets frozen in amber and falls over while, of course, her evil brother dances and cavorts in the blood spray. And uh, Fast forward. The, the way that all of these zombies show up, we find out that it's not from biting and scratching. They aren't standard zombies. Instead, her mom, like, blows up black smoke, like ash out of her forehead handle. Yeah, it's the sort of thing you can do on a budget. So, again, she's basically a bargain basement Rita Repulsa, except a little grosser. And uh, this black smoke goes out and anyone who breathes the black smoke turns into a zombie yes and it gets about six million people on the northern side half of the japanese islands and that's it it then stops it, it, the movie says it floats out to sea and stops and they make a big deal about how it does not you cannot further infect zombies these zombies aren't begetting more zombies no there there is the six million that have been had mm -hmm. and that is all yeah so that's the story of the zombies and then there's a whole oh gosh 15 minute break here in the film where we start explaining what that does to the politics of Japan and, and oh yeah well it's like oh well people had to evacuate so obviously Tokyo got real crowded and I'm like okay but there's an entire world that if zombies were real would just show up like even if there's a whole big thing in this the politics of like oh should we treat these zombies as human and give them rights or should we kill them I'm like no if zombies showed up in Japan even if you had this debate I can guarantee America would show up there and be like, yeah, no, we're, we're bombing this entire area. We're already there. We're the ones with bombers there. Yeah. There's, there is a 0% chance that like China, China Russia, would be really mad about or it. America yeah. would not just go, yeah, no, this isn't happening. I'm sorry. Well, I think the Japanese would probably handle this right away in their own fashion. They'd be like, ew, gross. Let's get rid of these. Oh yeah. This is making us look bad. The, but the, the fact that there's a giant debate and that is oddly central to this film of should we just let these zombies be zombies? Yeah, even though they routinely eat people for fun. Oh, yeah. Um, they they eat people, and they have these weird, gross horns, and you can use the horns as drugs. <laughs> so, yeah, that's part of this. So here's, at this point in the movie, we, we break down to a lot of different people's points of view. There's a priest that we keep seeing. He's a Christian priest who keeps, like, doing these speeches that are surprisingly long and boring, where he's just like, they deserve human rights. They are people just like us. All of these, they call them zombies, but they are just infected, and we need to have compassion. He has that scene five times in this movie uh there's some politicians who get in a big fight over whether or not they should build a wall and when they eventually do the wall is six feet high uh and pathetic looking yeah uh there is but mexico paid for it <laughs> somehow <laughs> uh there is a goth porn nurse who explains to us how the zombies work i don't i mean i understand what was going on like, as far as like filmmaking oh. wise it's it's titillating to show a, a nurse in in long leg stockings like that like that was very like repo the genetic opera yeah weird breakdown there yeah but it was like latex nurse tells us all about how the zombies work and how like oh even if you cut off their head it doesn't matter uh the only thing that kills them is destroying the horn yeah which is useless information because not once throughout the entire course of this film does anyone attack those horns no because as well as being the way that they die and also the, the like big drug thing yeah, now you can, is you get one snorted off a horn yeah if you get one off a zombie you can powder it and then snort that and you get and it just says you get high and it shows us one shot 
shot of two guys doing it, and it's they are way overdoing it. Oh yeah, well again, it's one of those things where you're like, you you didn't have to spend like a good forty five seconds to a minute just showing these guys rubbing what looks like crushed up gummy bears on their teeth. Yeah, it looks like Jack Nicholson on his third eight ball of the night because they're just <laughs> they're just way over. They're like already high. And there's like, <laughs> and then they blow up. You see, because the stuff's also explosive. Yeah, that is the other thing that we need to know about the horns is that they are volatile which the movie will occasionally remember and mostly forget <laughs> yes uh so it's basically like 15 minutes or so of this movie setting up this plot that there's one politician who hates the wall there's one politician who loves the wall there's a priest who wants the zombies to be treated as humans there's a porn nurse we're not going to see anymore after she does this scene yeah we get the explanation of why these zombies are different from normal zombies and then she's off and gone yeah she's done she did her thing uh and and uh also at the very tail end of all this storyline some doctors find our her- our heroine kika and she is lying on the ground alive but without a heart oh yeah and so they decide to install an outboard motor into her <laughs> so yeah they do a whole uh ridiculous surgery scene where you know blood's spraying everywhere and doctors are wiping their hands and they're going th- they're saying things like i understand nothing she is alive but has no heart um and then eventually they go like well th- uh, this is perfect we'll use her for the program and they put a boat motor in her chest like yeah. just straight up they replace her the entire top half of her like her, she looks like if chamber had a boat motor instead of just fire <laughs> john do we need to stop and explain chamber to people uh uh, probably not. Everyone knows beloved character Chamber. Yeah, well-known X-Man Chamber. He's famous. Yeah, everyone knows him. He was all in those movies. You yeah. remember him. Oh, man, he would be gross in those movies. <laughs> so, you know that guy who's missing his chest and lower jaw? Yeah. yeah chamber. Like, part of his shoulders and stuff, and it's all just a fireball there? Yeah. And his powers, I guess he can kind of shoot the fireball a little bit? Yeah, the first time he tried to use his power, it blew his chest open and also his jaw off. Yeah, I've always kind of wanted to see what happened to him when the No More Mutants thing happened and just oh he is he gross he lost his powers and they have him on like life support and it's just his chest open with all these tubes going into it it is super gross i kind of wanted to just see like the top half of a head crash into the bottom half of a crotch (laughs) sort of (laughs) (laughs) guys oops Anyway, um, so they fix her. Also, there is a mysterious man in the shadows who watches as he fixes, uh, as the doctor fixes her. Yes. But then after they finish fixing her, they just dump her. Yeah, they're like, good. Now that we have spent all this money turning you into a weird cyborg ninja, out the van you go. (laughs) They just dump her against the wall to zombie town. Yeah, because someone was coming. They were like, oh no, there's some sort of raid or something. I guess we'll dump you. Yeah. So, and at that point, about, what, 48 minutes into the movie? We get the fucking title screen for Hell Driver. This entire point up to this has been, like you say, about 45 minutes into this movie, and now they're like, and now the opening credits. You're like, whoa, hold the fuck up. Yeah, so Hell Driver, punk music, and you know the, all the credits and, and fun graphics of, of uh, punk-styled papers slapped against walls and stuff, and yeah, Hell Driver, 45 minutes in, you waited for this. I'm like, I don't... I was praying to god it was the credits and that we had accidentally rented a 45 minute long movie oh yeah at that because it had been so boring and dumb up to this point that i'm like okay so was was the opening basically the climax of the film and then they gave us the background and then ended the movie immediately (laughs) tune in for more hell driver later i get maybe but we ended up having to pause the movie at that point and i looked and saw oh no this is a two hour long movie oh shit there's another hour and 15 of whatever the fuck this was (laughs) so So she, we get back from the credits, she wakes up with a fucking katana chainsaw. Yeah, she has a katana saw, the outboard motor in her chest powers it. 
Yeah, we get a long scene of two people that were over the wall where the zombies are who are, you know, poaching Horn, I guess. Yes, they are trying to poach Horn. They are trying to escape zombies. And at the same time, they've come within range of the guy whose job it is to guard the wall, who is dressed like if Pyramid Head was Mac tonight. Yeah, he's just like a weird crescent moon helmeted metal guy with a gun. And I'm like, what? The what soldiers. design choice was this? Who in, who in Japan's government was like, all right, well, we need someone to guard the wall. Here's the dumbest, heaviest hat we can find. Yeah, here's about 18 pounds of metal arranged into the shape of a cow catcher with eye holes. Here you go. That <laughs> ought to help. All right. And then uh, what about the rest of my body armor? So zombies do not bite at my arms and legs, sir. Uh, we spent a lot of money on the hat, so... Uh, I guess you'll just be in clothes. If you could sing the Big Mac Tonight song for us, though, that'd be great. <laughs> uh... Uh, and we get the two of that. These two guys get to fight with the zombies. One of them is using a, a, a saw blade weapon. That's oh, it's basically like a saw batleth. Yeah, it's like a yeah, exactly. It's a sawtooth batleth, which is already the worst weapon before it had saw teeth on it. <laughs> yeah, it's already the dumbest thing you could wield, and now it has like weird serrations. The batleth, the greatest weapon in the world to test the strength of your shitty human wrists. <laughs> well, that's why only Klingons use it because Klingons have natural locking wrists. That's that'd be the only way it would make sense. Oh, yeah. If Klingons could straight up lock their wrists the way that we could lock our knees, then Batlefs would be fine. Hell yeah, they can. Yeah. I'm, got, sh- I'm sure that hearts. that's somewhere in a Star Trek book. <laughs> it would explain why. But the thing is, you keep seeing other people be good at them. It's like, uh, oh, I'm I'm Jadzia Dax, and I'm really good with Batlefs. And I'm like, no, nah, fuck you. Trills can't lock their wrists. <laughs> you, you get the shit right out of here. Well, I mean, you can always, like, spin it around and, like, swing it down on people, and then it's just a weird crescent-shaped blade. Yeah, where you're going to take a ridiculous amount of impact shock to the wrist for hitting someone with 15 pounds of metal it's a bad weapon it's for it's i guess it's fine for klingons with their locking wrists yeah which is a real problem by the way did you know there are over three thousand klingons a year admitted to the emergency room because their wrists have locked during their jack-off sessions in the arms <laughs> of the angels yeah no they get stuck they get they get completely locked in and they can't stop jacking off and then they die yeah same yeah <laughs> i don't even feel nothing anymore i just look down there sometimes and i'm doing it <laughs> fucking big mood <laughs> So, anyway. Anyway. The the guards start shooting at the humans. Yeah, for some reason, the guard's like, eh, I guess my job is to kill poachers and not zombies, so fuck these guys. Yeah. And uh, our katana girl decides to jump in and help out. But she starts this by cutting the guard clean in half. Yeah, just like slices him shoulder to side. Yeah, which is the one time we'll ever see that that sword katana thing do anything cool. Because the rest of the time, you're you're basically watching it going, why is this a chainsaw exactly? Like, there, it doesn't serve any purpose, really, outside of what a normal sword would do. It would, it's basically like if it was a chainsaw that wasn't turned on, and it was her weapon. She was like, ha-ha, chainsaw. People are like, you know, if that thing's not turned on, it's just a blunt stick. Yeah, and the problem is, there's a lot of scenes where that is the case, where uh-huh. she, like, parries some blade, but it's just a turned-off chainsaw, and you're like, you know, if that was on, that would do something. Except it wouldn't, because there's a lot of scenes of her swinging that thing turned on into people, and it's just going, bing! Or, and it just sits there anyway. Yeah. It's, it never does anything cool. Again, after it cuts this one hapless human in half. Oh, no, she does. I mean, spoiler alert for way later in the movie, shove it up her uncle's ass while it's on, I and mean, he loves it. That's true. He gets way into it. But, you know, I think that would have worked just as well if it had not been a chainsaw. Yeah, but with the chainsaw, it's way better, because then it's like, yeah, right in his butt. He's more into it, I guess. Yeah. So, anyway, uh... <laughs> She rescues these two dweebs, and then they they do the thing where they're like, who are you? 
Great. You're going to be one of those, huh? That's that's the plan. That's our good. That's, I've, that's, I'm already ta- one of these guys is a person I'm calling no name because he doesn't speak. And now you're not going to speak either. Great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Luckily, our uh, our dude who's with like a trilby hat is like, uh, huh? OK, well, I guess I'm hanging out with two no names then. But, you know, as the audience, you're like, oh, no, not one of these. This character's not going to talk, is she? She's just going to stand stoically because that way they can do more long shots. <laughs> but no, she does indeed inform him that she is Kika. Yeah. Eventually. Like, oh, good. Yeah, but for the most part, she is very, very quiet throughout the film. Yeah, um, and uh, Trilby Hat Guy ran an orphanage until all of the orphans ran away, and No Name is the only orphan left. Yes. And he wants to find his sister, who he thinks is in zombie territory. Yeah, and he's pretty sure she's fine, because he's making that, that classic zombie. John, if you figured your parents might be in Orange County and still alive, but there was a huge zombie outbreak in Orange County, would you go check? No. No, I would not. Yeah, you just call, right? Just be like, hey guys, you alive? Well, I mean, hey, if obvi- you don't- obviously the phone's are down yeah, at this yeah. point so you once the phones are down you just assume they're dead right that's yeah I, I don't care how much you love someone if they're on the other side of the zombie ocean they're dead it doesn't matter oh yeah because even if you get over there you're gonna be like ah i made it through the zombie ocean hello parents uh i guess we're in the middle of this zombie ocean now this was a good decision N- now you have to take care of you know three people instead of two people no it's fine you see because they're like why the fuck did you come here you're gonna get us all killed and you're like no no you see it's okay because like all zombie situations this is actually about the human condition you see no we're getting eaten by zombies yeah but actually it's a story about love and connectedness you don't understand yeah we're not being killed by zombies we're being killed by corporations yeah uh, that's not zombies outside it's capitalism <laughs> no no that's that's zombies those are those are zombies yeah but you know really the message is more of a story than if you'd like to read my uh yeah. college senior thesis on night of the living dead i think you'll actually find that it's communism <laughs> It's zombies. <laughs> oh, yeah, but really... Oh, I mean, if you want to get surface level... Yeah, ain't no one doing that. This is a story we're trying to tell. Hey, come on, forge this narrative with me. <laughs> I love this idea of someone who reacts to a real zombie outbreak the way that the people who make zombie movies do. <laughs> uh, ah, zombies! Ah, relax. It's the interconnectedness of the human spirit. <laughs> it's just the human condition as juxtaposed against modern life. Come on now. Look, that zombie's not going to eat you, man. Hegemony qua hegemony. <laughs> you see, when post-colonialism happens and you're like, no, no, I'm sorry. Please get your grad student shit out of here. There's zombies at the window. Oh, no, no, no. That's impossible. Because you see, due to the ethnography of the situation, they're going to go after that family over there. No, they're here. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> you must be mistaken. <laughs> You are not nearly as clever as I am. <laughs> Yet you participate in society. How, <laughs> how curious. <laughs> anyway, he wants to go into zombie territory. Yeah. And then Kika agrees. I assume because she has a chainsaw for a, for a heart. I guess. I, I, I don't know. Oh, because she wants to kill her mom. Yeah. That's the, right. She's like, I have to get in there and kill my mom. They, uh... <laughs> They are selling drugs to whatever the fucking, like... Some collection of Yakuza stereotypes. Yeah. Someone who's got a whole bunch of tattoos and someone else who's, like, lying down and being all weird. So, yeah, they have a big bag of horn they need to sell. Human horn. And they take it to a Yakuza room, which is a hilarious, like, little tiny storage unit that has five Yakuza people standing on one end and them on the other. Yep. And a scale in the middle. And, yeah, it's... The Yakuza is led by one of those, like, women who is never not smoking and lounging and only whispers yeah you, you know that 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 you know you know that's an anime archetype that that i'm an impossibly sexy gang leader and i never actually do anything but everyone acts like i will <laughs> we ain't seen him do anything yet you know it's gonna be cool <laughs> it's not she doesn't do anything cool uh so they they buy they sell
sell some horn to her or whatever. And they get caught by the government who raid the horn thing. And so they all get put into fucking, like, like sarcophagi? Yeah, they get put in a bunch of fun sarcophagis. (laughs) And uh, a video (laughs) comes up and then it's like, hey, you can uh, either join our team, be absolved of all crimes... And uh, you'll go into zombie territory, and we're going to try and kill Queen Zombie. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we, they've seen a news story at this point explaining that Queen Zombie is her mom, and that she's come out of her cocoon, and yeah, and now she really looks like a Power Ranger villain, and she's vamping around with her <laughs> glowing horn and the hole through her chest. And uh, your other option is to just go to jail, uh, have your trial as normal, and uh, that's it. Yeah. And you either hit the circle or the X, and it counts down. Everyone has like five seconds to choose. And there's one guy in there who's like, I'm fucking shit. Hit it, quick time events. <laughs> and uh, he hits triangle instead, oh, and then no. nothing happens, and he it's just real opens, sad. He just opens up the menu. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I took a screenshot, damn it. So everyone who hits circle gets dumped out of their sarcophagus, and everyone who hits X dies. They get turned to, well, just blood. Blood squirts out of the bottom. Yeah, but apparently you're supposed to recognize two of the characters who- Way later on. Who, play, who pressed X and chose to die, even though they pretty much just get turned to blood. Way later on, they'll show up again as if they matter. Yeah, because apparently what happened is they, like, shoved a pipe through their chest or whatever and did to these people what they did to Kika. Yeah, they put they put engines in them. Uh, but you don't care because they show up in the last five minutes of the movie and... Oh my god! And we're, it's basically like we're supposed to know them because they, they come out and one's got a scar that I think we're supposed to recognize and he turns to the, like, woman and goes, Ah, oh, sister, we, we will finally fight them together. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Why should I care about this? What is this? I wonder if this is just us being racist for not being able to recognize their obvious faces if, if we were in Japan? No. I don't think I, so, like, though, because they're gone they were, for an hour. Oh, they were in the movie for maybe a minute, because yeah. I'm sure they were one of the Yakuza people, but that is all we know of them. This would be like if during the scene where Dennis Nedry meets the the uh, other guy and sells, and uh, the FBI guy and exchanges information, if an hour and 15 minutes later into Jurassic Park, their waiter showed up. <laughs> the waiter shows up and he's like, hey, Dotson. <laughs> Dotson? Is Dotson here? I need to find Dotson. <laughs> like, oh shit, I, someone I, does care. I cared. <laughs> he just shows up at that Jeep with Nedry in it, just all half eaten by a Dilophosaur, and he's like, Dotson? 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 <laughs> <laughs> And people are all like, oh, yeah, the waiter. See, but even then, at least he used a line that called back to something. The two of them had nothing <laughs> and then just showed up and were like, we're main characters now. And like, we're going to get into a big fight scene and one of us will die and the other one's going to be real sad and there is no emotional impact. <laughs> it means nothing. So anyway, the ones who press circle are all outfitted with whatever weapons they want, given a or stuck in a van and told to drive into zombie land. And they are told to do this by fat Japanese Hitler. Yeah, the uh, the political background thing is the prime minister was trying to be like, oh no, these these zombies deserve human rights, and his main general was like, let's just kill these zombies and take back fucking Japan. And uh, eventually he coordinated a point where like the prime minister was giving a speech near the wall and he made it so that someone blew up the wall and all the zombies oh, killed that him. That scene is great because the dude's like being eaten by zombies and he's like, shoot them to one of his guards and the guard says, I can't, sir. They're human. And he's not like, yes, but they are committing the crime of eating me. <laughs> you see, 
It doesn't matter if they have human rights. They are currently trying to murder me, which is a crime. Yes. So they are are committing a crime punishable by death. I don't remember if Japan has a death penalty. I assume not. Uh, (laughs) But definitely, you can shoot them in the line of duty, soldier. So please indeed do. No, because you need to be hoisted by your petard. This is an inappropriate situation for petard hoisting, as I am in the right. Uh, so he dies, and the guy who was the general in charge of that grows a little Hitler mustache for no reason. He, he celebrates. It's, it's He's treating himself. Yeah, he, he's like, ah, I finally became the leader of Japan. Time to grow that Hitler mustache I always wanted. Yeah, my wife's been telling me for years that a little Hitler stash would be good. And then he cuts his staff down to himself, uh, a couple other soldiers, and two women in Japan flag-colored sh- uh, sundresses. Yep. And they need to stand next to each other to create the entire Japan flag. Yeah, because each of them has like half of it showing and so if they stand side by side you get the whole flag yeah so him and his two women in two top dresses escort our heroes into zombie land by opening the gate like or the big old wall like it's a garage door and then waving flags like we're starting a race down the la reservoir (laughs) Uh, or i guess the canals or whatever the aqueducts they uh (laughs) more of a crucible (laughs) i always imagined it as a crucible Ooh, i like that So they head into Zombie Town, and they have their big weapon is a GPS gun that they're supposed to shoot, like, Kika's mom with so that they can shoot a missile at her? A nuke! They want to nuke her, and they want to make sure that they get to within about a foot of her before they try to nuke her. Yeah, good. I, I don't know why they didn't just tag these guys with a GPS device and a camera, and when they see the, the uh, lady, hit the button. Yeah, but no. No. We they, gotta, it's a GPS gun. We got a shooter with a little GPS dart. And, uh... And then they drive in, and God. it's boring for about 15 minutes because they're just driving. Yeah, we get a scene where basically everyone is about to die because the they get a couple Yakuza people with them and they immediately die. It's great how they die because th- this movie has two like American or European actors in it. Uh, one of them is just your standard jerk American tourist who's demanding more sushi than he should eat yep. in English. And the other is a fat cricket playing British looking zombie who can knock the heads off other zombies and send them flying as living bombs. Yeah. For miles. He's got a huge sword and when he slices a sword through like three next at once it shoots these heads off at velocity they are just like so they drive along for about 15 minutes to the point where the yakuza guys like straight up getting bored oh because the other two people who agreed to go are tattoo yakuza guy and boring yakuza lady lady who never does anything yep and guess what she will continue to not do anything until her death at the end of this scene yes so all of a sudden flying heads start arriving and they knock the top half off of our yakuza tattoo man yeah which Uh, is weird uh because it's just heads well they're explosive remember they do have the bomb on them only if something were to happen to the horn that would make them explode well, I assume that hitting a guy while flying 500 miles an hour through the sky would do it. Well, that depends. Did they hit them horn first? That one did, yes. That one was hit horn first. Horn first. Yeah, so he gets pulled back into the car, and oh no, he's got no head. And everyone does the requisite screaming for a long time. Um, yeah, while blood spurts all over everyone. Uh-huh. And then ev- people, or uh, Kika leans out the window with her chainsaw katana and just starts spinning it around like she's doing windmill moves. It doesn't seem to be doing anything, but I think that's because the effect of her actually hitting a zombie 
zombie head with a sword would have been expensive. Yeah, so it's mostly just like, I'm helping! Do yeah. not worry about it! But instead, what you should have done is roll up the windows, because the head the car fills up with zombie heads. Yeah, the the fucking windows are rolled down, because everyone's like, oh, I'll, I'll peek out the window and try and shoot at these heads. But what happens is, there are so many catapulted heads that they just get into the car and start biting people. Yeah, so everyone rolls out of the car when it crashes into a tree. And uh, they get a brief moment where there's no zombie heads flying at them, so they take some stock, and No Name is still alive, Trilby is still alive, but the door opens and out comes Yakuza Princess Lady, and she is just a walking skeleton bones. With all these heads biting at her. Oh no, these heads. Yeah, so, but she's just some skeleton bones, and then they fall on the ground. Yep, and then they get uh, saved by Irvine from Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, Japanese cowboy shows up and uh-huh. blows everything up. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, more heads are flying at them, and all of a sudden this dude comes in with a gun and shoots a few of the heads, and then they all start exploding. Like, he just hit the right head, and he yeah, set he off got, a Yeah, he got reaction. a good chain reaction. Yeah, he's playing a serious game of Missile Command. <laughs> And uh, then he's like, we should escape. And then he never does anything that cool ever again. No. He'll fight some... He'll, he'll fight get a, a fucking zombie with a car he gets and a, lose. He gets in a car fight. Uh, <laughs> and the zombie doesn't have a car. It's yeah. a dude versus him in a car, and he loses. Yes, indeed he does. Although he doesn't die there. No, he just loses the fight, which is dumb. Yes. So, shouldn't the car always win? <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, he agrees to help them because all of his family is dead. And he's got nothing better to do. So yeah. he, now he joins the team, and they're like, "Oh, where could we find this dude's sister?" And he's like, "Oh, there's a zombie bar, and if, if she's alive, she'll be there." Which is weird because they take people there to eat. Yes. It's basically like, oh, zombies have established a weird zombie dance club where you can go eat people. Uh-huh. And I'm like, but if she if she is alive, why would she be there? Why wouldn't she be in hiding? Oh, yeah. no one's in hiding. Everyone's at the zombie bar. How come we're talking about northern Japan, which is a huge area, and there's one place where she might be? Oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So they get to the zombie bar, and they look through binoculars at it, and it's just nonsense. There's a big cage being dragged along full of humans. A zombie geisha on top with a katana yeah and she's chopping the hands off anyone who tries to reach for her and, and that that of course starts a good five minute sequence of blood squirting onto people uh-huh and she's just dancing there's one zombie who's been taking human dicks and, and and this is the first time we learn about this rule we already know that zombies in this movie are separatable it doesn't matter if you cut their head off now they just have an alive head yeah and, and if you cut their arm off the arm just fucking runs around for a while now we learn a new trick about the zombies in this movie they are modular yeah they are basically lego uh-huh y- if you take a zombie part and attach it to a zombie that zombie part is now attached yes and it becomes a zombie that's purpose-driven based on the way it's shaped like that it's like spore yeah so except that it's gross and stupid and even though that's a great idea for a movie oh yeah but what happens is the first time we see this a zombie has given himself a dick bouquet it is like five dicks i i mean i think motherfucker had like 30 goddamn dicks yeah if you were to take off his shoes you'd see the dicks and testicles down below (laughs) Uh, let me lay it on the line folks he had two on the vine I don't I don't understand why we see a zombie with five penises, but boy, how do we do? And it never comes up and is never mentioned again. Thanks, movie. Which, uh, it is something like along the lines of the old 70s exploitation films where it's like, we're going to show tits. Why? Because that, that's what this movie is. It's blood and tits, the movie. Yeah. Like, I don't think you understand what we're doing here. Yeah, but it's, they do it in the way that it's like a checklist. Like, there's tits in this movie for a split second about an hour and a half into the movie. Oh, yeah. And it's they, just like, whoops, it, we forgot tits. Here you go. They get to the the fucking zombie bar and this dude's 
sister is the one we get to see the tits of and it's like oh yeah we're making one of those films um here there they are all right all right we're done moving on anyway so the other things you see here at this bacchanal of the zombie bars one dude who's just a zombie head on a post who's given orders to people oh he's just like come to the zombie bar i always wonder how guys like that get any kind of respect you know like like why would anyone bother hiring or working with them when you could just walk around them (laughs) you give them to someone who like if you're like i'm the guy who invites people to the zombie bar i get paid in meat I, I get to sit here and invite people to the zombie bar. Any guy with a head would be or hands would be like, all right, I'm going to pick you up and throw you into the distance and take your job. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right. See, and that's why we can't allow zombies to come in and take American jobs. Uh huh. That's what. I'm, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. What I'm saying is, John, is that there aren't really zombies in this movie. There's immigration. <laughs> Zimmigration. <laughs> okay. Andrew Zimmigration. <laughs> These zombies are delicious. Uh, but inside, there's just a bunch of zombies sexily sex dancing at each other. And the uncle is here. And he is the one who chomps the nipples off our off our uh, no-name sister character. I am real angry at this fucking bar scene because what should have been an establishing shot, which would have been like uh, a shot from like one of those 60s films where it's like Incense and Peppermints is playing and everyone's sort of dancing and you've got a ba- band in the background and the camera does that zoom in and out thing you all know what i'm talking about you've seen austin powers you get it Mm -hmm. but they have that as a shot but that shot lasts for five minutes and it's just like hey guys we're gonna keep zooming in and out on every zombie in here then we're gonna do a wide shot then we're gonna cut back to the people outside then we're gonna cut back to the zombies who are still dancing and you're like i don't care none of this matters yeah they're doing so much of that like spiral in and out zoom stuff like john was saying from like a 60s go-go movie and it's just boring it's just endless and you know what we're basically watching is the uh, we get to watch the uncle be gross for a scene so we get to confirm that indeed he is some sort of child molester because he like slowly licks this girl all over and then chews her finger off and then five of his zombie henchmen bathe in her stupid blood spray yeah and then he exposes her breasts which he licks for a long time and then he bites the nipples off yep and it's just like ugh, i get it i don't want to watch this creepy nazi dude lick boobs anymore i'm fine i'm okay we do not need this thank you yeah i was okay with all the dismemberment or whatever but this is just unpleasant yep especially for this one extra actor is like i'm in here what's my job you're gonna have the main character lick your boobs for several minutes <laughs> i don't want to do that too uh, bad eh. oh well yeah so uh okay he you know she doesn't die but she goes unconscious at this point uh and then our heroes dive in and do they infiltrate or anything that would require us watching 10 minutes of zombie nonsense no they just charge in and start fighting and other zombies oh yeah and the whole point of this was kika and the fucking cowboy were gonna go be like a decoy mm-hmm. and distract everyone but then they don't trilby and no name straight up just run into a room anyway yeah nothing useful happens here they get in a fight humans win a little bit and then we get uh we get three zombie mini bosses yeah we get a bunch of mini bosses one of them is kika's an idiot and when fighting zombies instead of cutting off horns just sliced limbs off Mm -hmm. and a pile of limbs attaches to a body so it's like oh i'm a zombie with like eight arms and all of them are wielding katanas now and she has the thing has baby arms on its face that are holding a fork and a knife yeah good and it makes this noise Woo! 
So, hope you like that noise. I hope you like that, because yeah. we had to listen to it for, for <laughs> forever. Uh, no Name and, and Trilby Man have to fight a woman who was pregnant when she was zombinated and then gave birth. To a zombinated baby, so it's like a zombie baby with that little stupid horn, but she's using her umbilical cord to make it a weapon. It's a lasso baby. Yeah. It's, zombie baby. It's like a weird little baby weapon. And, uh, and then, uh, out, out in his car, which has blades all over the front of it, uh, cowboy guy has to get in a fight with a giant zombie that's got a bunch of katanas stuck through him and he fights by kind of spinning so that his katanas hit things yeah and you know drives his car at the guy and the guy like deflects parries it. the car yeah so he gets in a sword fight with a zombie that's full of swords and i i would like to mention now that again this may sound very cool yeah all of this may sound rad but it's not it's very bad and boring and uh-huh. this is my issue is if they had storyboarded this and this had been maybe a half hour long and it was just some dumb schlock and blood and stupid like comedy horror i'd have been like all right sure whatever i think they should have jammed this through a funnel so that you know only the coolest moments of it survived and they had more money to spend on those cool moments yeah that's what needed this needed to be a short film instead of a long ass boring film the thing is i don't think they wasted money on the rest because the rest of this is like shots back and forth like you have that zombie that's got like made of arms and has katanas but what's going to happen is you're gonna have reaction shots back and forth between this zombie and kika for like a good minute and a half before anything happens there's a scene later in the film where kika's standing on a car and she's posing dramatically and i counted eight scene changes that were all just shots of her on the car yeah it's all right shot of her uh different angle and different angle close-up angle uh under angle back to the dutch angle. angle yeah okay back again all right panning across her there we go it was eight different shots and it was and it took three minutes of of the movie which doesn't sound like much but you look at one person who isn't moving or doing anything for three minutes and try not to at least jerk off a little <laughs> just a little <laughs> I mean, sometimes I look down and I just am. I just, it just happens. I think it's an addiction or something. I got anyway. Uh, they all sort of either win or lose their fucking fights, and who cares? And and then they're they're, they're all together again, except they've rescued the girl with no nipples now, and they get in the the car. And oh they, no, she's dead. No, she dies in just she dies while they're driving off with her because they bring her with them. Yeah. So they drive off with her. Um, and then they start getting chased by the uncle. The uncle using the modular property of zombies creates a fucking car out of zombie parts. It's at this point, the movie is so low budget that it looks like the fucking incredible bulk. <laughs> yeah, it is just like, wow, I, I don't understand what's going on here. You went to a Halloween store, mm. got a bunch of legs and feet, arranged them, like glued them together in a vaguely chair-like manner, mm-hmm. and then have a terrible green screen of... Yeah, that's the thing. The, the background g- is moving. Yeah, the green screen background is the part that's hilarious here, because it looks like he's sitting next to the other car, except he's supposed to be behind them. It's just ludicrous. The whole thing is so bad anyway uh basically he starts driving after them in his zombie car uh and starts trying to pull them out of the window or whoever and then she does her dramatic pose on top of her car and gets, the, the gets zombie fight with geisha him. is back and she's trying to fucking kill things we spend more time with the zombie geisha in this movie than i think we do with the fucking like mom yeah the zombie geisha who is a nothing character is extraordinarily important uh she manages to remove the feet of trilby man yeah because he's holding on to kika who has almost fallen off of the car and is on like the zombie car Uh uh-huh and so he's holding on to her and then fucking zombie geisha's like i'll cut your feet off we yeah so then through the power of dumb 
flips or whatever, he ends up driving the zombie car with his stump feet, um, with Keika up, Keika up, Keika up on top of it, and they like kind of joust with other cars and stuff for a while. And what, I don't, who, what, who cares? Uh, at, at this point, he gets the the uncle gets on the zombie car too, and Trilby Man sacrifices himself by driving off a cliff where they explode. Yes, but it doesn't kill the uh, the uncle because his spinal cord and head go flying off like some fucking shit from the Flintstones. <laughs> Oh, man. The I will at least say, in the very beginning, that opening like 10-minute sequence, one of the zombies had a thing where his spine and skull went up through his head. So his face was just sort of this slack meat thing sitting there mm-hmm. while his spine and skull was dangling up above him. And I went, that's sort of interesting looking. Okay. And then it paid off again with the uncle turning into pretty much just a head and spine. Yeah. I went, okay, good job. You did it. Something paid off here. All right, let's let's summarize because we're we're so far past. Oh yeah. Well, so- they eventually find the mother who makes a giant monster out of zombies. Yes, she puts herself at the head of a giant zombie golem. Uh, no name has the wherewithal to shoot it with a dart. So evil the missile shows up. Yeah. So fat fat Japanese Hitler fires the missile, but the zombie golem just catches it. Well, the first one hits. Oh, that's blows right. up an arm. Yeah, and then the next two that show up. They catch because it grows a new arm of zombies. Uh-huh. And then they're like, great, now that we have two rockets that are still just firing, uh-huh. we're going to turn into a jet. Yeah, so the zombie golem reshapes itself into a jumbo jet with missile missiles on the ends of the arms, and it goes flying towards Tokyo. Yeah, so we get a climactic final battle between Mom and Kika. Uh, almost. And the uncle, the who un- <laughs> inserts his spine into a different body mm-hmm. and then uses the spine and heads of two other dudes as Which, weapons. Wh- who he stops and introduces himself to yeah he's like ah this is kanashiro and And this is kokaida and they're gonna get you and i'm like why and he just he doesn't know who they are he's like you are kanashiro indeed i am then you must be kokaida that is correct i am kokaida okay fellows get ready and then he just starts throwing their by by their spinal cords he starts whipping them at at her uh and knocking chunks off the plane for a while and eventually she just finds a way to kill him yeah basically it's when kanshiro and kokaida get tired yeah they're like oh i don't want to do this anymore yeah and he's like oh Oh, no! And then she chops him up and knocks him off the plane. Yeah. Um, and then she gets in a climactic fight with her mom and kind of wins or whatever, and who cares, and the whole pile of zombies falls to the ground. Yep. Manages to murder that, like, cuts her head off, and it shoots into space. Oh, that's I forgot we even mentioned that she does her ultra, ultimate technique when she launches the plane, which is the starfish attached, attached to the back of her head grows little conductor wands and starts waving them to control the zombies better. Yes. So that's a thing that happens. That is indeed. And then her head gets blasted off into space uh all the zombies on earth die yeah and good that's yeah. that's it i guess the only other thing to mention is that that priest we mentioned who's in the movie five times gets eaten by zombies at one point and he's happy about it the oh end. yeah so there you go so uh who survives uh kika yeah. yeah the prime uh the general hitler general dies because some zombies get in and he ends up getting a corkscrew stuck in his forehead oh yeah and it, it's the same color as the handlebar things so the soldiers think he's a zombie yeah and then there's that whole subplot where those two other characters show up and they're supposed to look like badass anime warriors like they're literally dressed like cloud from advent
represent children, but they are not characters, and I refuse to dignify them as such. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't I don't care about any of this. Like the yeah, only the only people who really survive are like Kika and No Name are basically it. Yes, they survive the fucking end. I guess. I guess, and then the well, the mom's head goes flying off, and oh, it's gonna go to a different planet, and then it like eats some blue guy. Yeah, it goes through the chest of some blue guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and scene. And that's the zombie movie, okay? <laughs> so, let's, let's fucking get into our best and worst, I guess. Okay, Helldriver. Jeff, give me the best thing in Helldriver for the you. The, just the concept of modular zombies. Okay. The execution in this movie is a failure from start to finish. I was just bored, and there's no reason I should be bored with something that insane. Yeah, the, the ideas and concept, like the storyboard of this movie, is amazing, yeah. and the execution of it is as terrible as possible. But the modular zombie thing, which, to be fair, I can at least think of one role-playing game where that's the rules. Uh, but, you know, to do it in a movie is a great idea, and I'd like to see it done with a higher budget as a zombie that could just tear arms off things and build shit out of it and make just, like, alive weapons and stuff. Yeah. That's rad, and there should be more of that. So that is my favorite thing. Modular zombieism. That, that not necrotech. Dicks. Yeah. Yeah, necrotech. That's, yeah. I want to see a cool necrotech movie. Cool. All right. John, what's your favorite thing about this bullshit? Uh, probably the best thing in this was... Fuck, I want to... Was it all the close-ups of the not especially good actor, Kika? Probably. I mean, I want to say that it would be the fucking starfish thing, because I mean, that's great. Well, the performance of the mom is, is excellent as well. The mom is the only one who is fully committed to her this. Her and the uncle. The, the, mom and, the mom and her brother are both like, ah, crazy, and, it, and, it's, and it works. It oh, works. they are way over the top, super evil, crazy nonsense. Yeah. And both in their own way, because the uncle's like... A racist child molester. <laughs> racist pervert. Yeah. And the mother is just like pure evil insanity mm -hmm. and i'm like okay this is good that that's fine the mother and the starfish that's a cool thing okay sure so the mother and the starfish yeah i liked i liked her starfish i'm a weird like mighty Morphin power rangers villain look i mean i i don't know how your favorite thing about this movie is the perfect title of like a noah bombach movie but sure why not <laughs> So, uh, so worst thing in the movie, Jeff, pick one thing. The length. Okay. That's a thing, right? Sure. I can say that you can say the fact that it went on for two hours. It's a full yours. fucking two-hour movie with an end credit sequence. Yep. It is so goddamn long to get across the point. And, it, and it's just, you can get the laughs done in 20... Learn from trauma, you dinks. Oh, yeah. Trauma I mean, gets in and gets out. This really, really could have used an editor because they left nothing on the editing floor. It is just every shot they had get put in here. Yeah. Yeah. We rolled two movies and chose one because I because I wasn't sure if I'd be able to find both of them on Amazon Prime um, or any other kind of buying service because we rolled some obscure stuff. And when we were done watching this, I checked the other movie and it was 80 minutes long and I was kicking myself. <laughs> Uh, good. So, there you go. What was your least favorite thing? Uh, my least favorite thing is specifically in this type of movie when they're doing the whole like bloodbath nonsense thing and I get that that's all a staple of this type of movie is that like everyone's blood is under pressure and the second you release it it just flies out yeah that's fine however there were a lot of scenes where they basically just had uh the picture of like blood spraying that wasn't actually and it got superimposed over the scene so you'd have like someone crying and then superimposed over that it is supposed 
supposed to look like blood is raining down? I'm like, dude. But they're not getting wet. No, there's nothing happening. It was just, it's the same thing like when you superimpose like, oh, here's some fire we took pictures of and we put it in front of the scene to make it look like things are on fire. Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately. they also do in this movie. I'm willing to accept that as a trope of the genre, but this movie does it about 50 times. Well, no, that's the thing for me is if you're going to do that, like, oh, blood sprays everywhere and that's what we're doing, it's this type of movie, Mm -hmm. and you don't even commit to doing that. Yeah, no, they didn't didn't bother with that. And ultimately, you want, if you're going to do it over and over again, lean into it and make it part of the story. Like, oh, blood sprays everywhere and characters are slipping in it, or or blood sprays everywhere and someone weaponizes it or something, instead of what it is, which is like, blood sprays and this person dances. Blood sprays and this other person dances. Blood sprays and this person yells while it's, like, goes into their face. Okay. Okay. Well, we can do that again. Yep, that's what we're doing. That's it. Every time we do, it's like Burt I. Gordon films and showing teenagers dancing. You're just like, no, I get it. You're sh- enough teenagers have danced at this point. Do something. Oh no, because I have all this footage of teenagers dancing. Exactly. I, I, That's what I'm saying. They, yeah. they did not edit anything for yeah. this. Yeah. So there you have it. That yeah, I'm super pissed that they would not commit fully to their dumb trope that they were already using anyway. Uh huh. So we're gonna give a rating for this movie. It's a zero to five for each of us. Gives it the rating out of ten. Jeff, I'm gonna give this a one and a half. And the reason I'm giving it the extra half over the usual one I give to a movie that just wastes my time is because I can actually envision a situation where this movie could be useful. And that's played on mute in the background of a goth-themed dance club. (laughs) And that's the only time this movie is, like, behind the bar. Like, so it's the sort of... And also in another movie. Like, if you look up over the shoulder of a bartender in a movie and this movie is playing behind him, it tells you a story. Oh, yeah. That is definitely the only reason that this should exist is so that some other character who's like, oh, I'm super into weird, schlocky Japanese horror, and then it's just playing... Playing in mute on the background. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, I understand this character better because he's watching that shenanigan. So, a one and a half for me, um, and also for the idea of modular zombies. What about you? I'm going to give it a one. It was real bad they they did a few things okay they like you said they had some good ideas mm-hmm. but man this movie just did not deliver on anything no it it just sucks i mean you have the idea of these villains and then the uncle and the mom don't even like show up until an hour and a half into it again you're like this should have been your main driving villain and you just didn't use them at all nope nope so yeah one for me gives us a two and a half out of ten total for hell driver yeah, avoid. Yeah. All right. Don't don't watch it. Don't please see don't, it. Please don't do it. It's don't, available. Don't. You could. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's easily available right now. You could go and watch it in high definition for three ninety nine on Amazon Prime. This thing had over three out of five stars. Also, that, that HD transfer it's in is perfect because we paused it a few times for various reasons and the pauses were gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't care because no. it's just going to be close ups of another person again. Yeah, yet another zombie who, uh, again, looks like someone covered in uh, caked makeup that woke up after a party. Yeah. It doesn't look like zombies at all they don't even look like cool like chinese style zombies they just look like dirty messed up people yeah which i guess that's what a zombie is but what am i doing (laughs) no that that specific style of makeup though gets used a lot in shitty zombie movies yes that just like hey we took white cake makeup slathered it on your face and you are good to go sir it's it's gonna start it's gonna start cracking that's what we want (laughs) we love it everyone loves it please move along it doesn't look like they zombified it looks like half of japan was covered in cake makeup the day the zombie apocalypse happened Yes. And then all of them lost the urge to shower. (laughs) Uh, Same. Yeah. 
So there you go. That was Hell Driver. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, if you like what you hear, you can support us if you want to. We do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery. You go there, you can support us, helps us keep doing what we're doing. And if you listen to any of our other shows, System Mastery, Expounded Universe, any of the other things we do, you can go there, get some bonus content for that. Let's us keep expanding our horizons and doing what we do. And, uh, if you want to add movies to the big list, you hate us and you want us to watch more movies like hell driver. You can go onto our subreddit, r slash system mastery. We've got our list there. The big list of movies, go ahead and suggest something there. We'll get it on. And our, uh, who our, knows? Good, our good, our good friend, Pat, Arhar from Reddit. will take care of that for you. He's yeah, like, he is he's definitely on top of that. Yeah. And I'm very glad because we are very much not, <laughs> we, got, we got a lot going on. John is a couple of un- unemployed, uh, hobos about town. <laughs> yes. These hobos about town. <laughs> these gadflies of the rail. <laughs> yeah, uh, these so gadflies on your hot dog. <laughs> we are on the subreddit. We're on Twitter and Facebook. Of course, we will always update whenever we've got new stuff coming out on either of those. And mostly on Twitter, we make the absolute dumbest jokes imaginable, so you can also see ours, see us do stuff on there. Yeah, please, by all means. And uh, we have our poll up right now for our next in theaters movie go vote and when you vote vote for a wrinkle in time and not sherlock gnomes i know you don't know what sherlock gnomes is and you're voting for it based on the name alone i get that i understand however please know it's the sequel to nomeo and juliet and it stars johnny depp and i really don't want to give any money to a johnny depp movie are you saying wrinkle in time just because it's in second right now and you, you don't yes. want to split the vote is that the only reason yes because i'm not sure that that movie's going to be bad I'm worried that we might see two good theater movies in a row. I mean, I don't know. I'm not but- I'm not ready for that kind of pampering. <laughs> Well, what I'm saying is I don't want to split the vote off because Wrinkle in Time is close. Uh-huh. And if I was to say, like, hey, go vote for, like, Death Wish because we want to go watch the shittiest gun porn imaginable. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, that's only got, like, eight votes right now, so it's, no. It's amazing how at the bottom of the barrel there's all these ones that we're like, I have hard ethical concerns about. Like, I don't want to go watch an Eli Roth movie. Fuck Eli Roth. Oh, yeah. Ever since that fucking Green Inferno, I'm like, oh, you've realized that you're just making money on, I'm going to piss off liberals i'm like ugh, hard pass yeah i just don't care just stop it you dumb shit you got lucky <laughs> yep so uh yeah I, I i remember someone passed on death wish and he took it and i'm like of course you did yeah you, you horrible piece of shit i hope they make four or five of them and by the time like like uh fucking what's his face uh, wh- who's starring in it bruce willis yeah by the time bruce willis is 80 he's just doing the exact same shit and like killing villains with like a remote control soccer ball <laughs> hey buddy uh this will take some t- take off the top of your head that's literally what the end of fucking death wish is death wish five is a fucking maniac nightmare <laughs> I have not seen any of the death wishes, nor do I wish to start now. Yeah, well, it's just a great chance to develop that Charles Bronson impression that's so important to uh, to being a podcaster, John. Great. <laughs> Robin, get in the Batmobile. So uh, that's it for us. We will, of course, be back in two weeks with another movie mastery. But until that time, you have a good one. <laughs>